Aren't you glad that our Father in heaven doesn't give us bad gifts? <laughs> he gives us good gifts. And so the seven gifts our true love gave to us around the birth of Christ. And seven is a significant number. It's a number of completion. And it's a confirmation of the son's birth. And while reading the Christmas story, certain words uh, that I'm describing as gifts this morning were highlighted to me. And as we go through them, I, I hope that they're released to you as well. And I know they will. Uh, as Christ is releasing it to you, he will release it as he has released it to me. So what was God's true love giving to us through his birth of his son? Well, our first one this morning is the gift of salvation. And I'm going to go ahead, and I went ahead and just uh, repurposed an old prop. I don't know if you guys remember, I am the door from last year when we were doing the I am statements. And so the first gift is salvation. And this was released through a prophecy that was given to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. And just to give a little background on this story, Zacharias is married to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is what? She's barren. And Zacharias is praying for her to have a child. And then the angel of the Lord comes one day while he was in the temple and says, your prayers have been heard, and Elizabeth will conceive and have child. And Zacharias responds to the angel and says, how, how can this be, seeing that I am old and my wife is advanced in years? You know, and the angel says here, because of his lack of faith or doubt, the angel says, because you didn't believe, you're going to be mute until your son is born. And now, later in the story, we see Mary, she doesn't have that response. She she believes. And so the angel knew Zacharias's heart here that there was a lack of faith. And so he's mute and can't speak until his son John is born. And then they ask Elizabeth what their son's name is going to be because he couldn't speak. And she says his name's going to be John. And they're like, well, that's odd. There's nobody in your family that's even named John. But then in comes Zacharias. He comes in. He, he's accepted that this is happening. And this is real. You know? And so he, he writes down what his son's name is going to be, John. And at that moment, he can speak. His mouth is open. He's no longer mute. And that's in, we're going to start here in Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 69. It says, Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now you notice the word in there, salvation. So let's continue on down in verse 76 through 77. It says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. 
For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Here's what I want to say on the first gift, that Christmas represents salvation. It's God sending his son to save us from our sins. And this is the main priority of Christmas. His name is Jesus, it says, for he will save his people from their sins. And Jesus is a derivative of Yeshua, meaning, and this is from the I am statements, I am the door, I am God, I am your salvation. And and that's one of the reasons why the Pharisees got so upset with Jesus because he was saying stuff like that. I am the door. I am the way. I am the good shepherd. Every time he was saying, I am God, the door. I, I am God, the bread. I am God, the way. And so this morning, the message is going to be a little different. Uh, we're going to take a moment after each point. And I have asked certain people in the congregation to do a prophetic release over that gift that God is releasing. Um, I'm handling the first one this morning. And I was reading through this text, and I was just saying, God, what do you want to say about salvation? What do you want to say to your people this morning about salvation? And so before I do that, I'm going to... because. We're going to receive the gift of salvation, so I'm going to open the door, which is Jesus coming into our our life. So we're going to open the door so it's ready. The door's cracked open. But I really felt God saying, what happened to Zacharias? I really felt a, a strong impression on my heart God saying, what happened to Zacharias? He was mute. And I felt God saying this morning to us and to me, don't allow the enemy of your soul to be the one going around like a roaring lion. Don't let him silence what he has for you to say. Receive fully the gift of salvation into your life. Do not allow the enemy to mute the words that I am giving to you to speak to the people. What was Jesus? He was a proclamation to the people of God's salvation for them. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to mute you. He wants to cause doubt. Fear to enter in. And I just feel that God wants to release that this morning through the first gift of salvation. Don't allow the enemy to press the mute button on you. That's what I I haven't called you to that. I've called you to proclaim my good news, my word to the people so that they also can experience this first gift of salvation. 
and as a representation, the first gift of salvation. Right now, as I walk through this door, symbolically, right now, place your hands on your heart. And we're going we're gonna to make a statement right now that I am not going to allow the enemy to mute what God is speaking into my life to declare those to those around me. Do you believe that right now in the name of Jesus? So let's just receive that now in the name of Jesus as I walk through the door. And now salvation is being sown firmly in its revelation into your heart. Not to be muted by the enemy. Not to be muted in any way. Gift two, favor. This is a prophecy given to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 30. Now in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come Come in. The angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What does the word favor mean? The word favor here in the Greek is is charis, which means grace. The reason I told you that is I just want you to simply understand that favor is his grace. For you have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is something God has been speaking since his son has been born. You have found favor in my son. He spoke salvation, and then he spoke grace. And I want you to understand that in this season, you're in a time of grace. In this life, while you're here, you're in a time of grace. You have entered into a time of grace through Christ, which means God has you as one of his favorites. And at this time, I've asked Mary Vaughn, to release a prophetic release about favor. Thank you, Lord. Did I not send an angel to speak with Mary, my highly favored one, to let her know that I, the Lord, was with her? that she was blessed and favored among women. As my servant, she humbly received how I wished to display my favor upon her, willing to bear the shame and reproach of a pregnancy outside of marriage. She allowed herself to conceive and carry my son, the son of God, so he could redeem all mankind back to himself. Many of you want my favor to advance your desires and your wants. But I'm looking for those like Mary who will humbly say, I am your servant. 
Let it be unto me according to your word, your word. For my favor, when faithfully and humbly received, rules kingdoms like David, raised Daniel to great power, delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. Did not my favor with the king make Esther a queen so that she might intercede to save my people? Did I not use favor on Joseph's life to deliver his family, his people, his nation through famine because he remained steadfast and faithful even through great suffering? So I felt like the Lord said to me, even now, I'm looking to bestow my favor on faithful servants, the righteous ones, my favor, so that my kingdom will go forth and my glory will be revealed in all the earth. Who will humble themselves today, receive my favor and ch as I choose and determine, even if you look foolish, even if there's suffering, even if you must completely surrender your ideas of what you think that looks like, so my kingdom is advanced. So as Mary grabs the gift and walks through the door as yeah, a symbol, favor, favor. we say and we declare favor over each of us, and we just receive that in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Gift number three, blessed. This is the prophecy given through Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 42. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. I love that reaction of the baby in the womb. Shouldn't that be our reaction? Every day we wake up, we are blessed. We get to leap in his presence, full of that blessing. And blessed comes from the Greek word makarios, which means happy. When we talk about bless or blessing, the word means happy. Jesus wants you to be happy. And the enemy is the one that comes and speaks a lie that you are not worthy to receive God's blessing, God's happiness, which only becomes truth if you don't accept what God has done for you through his son. John 3, 16 through 18 says, For God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world that he 
might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Happiness and blessing comes from God as a gift through his Son, Jesus. And in Acts 3, Peter's preaching to the Jews, and he says this, In verse 26, to you first, God, having raised up his servant, Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away, turning away every one of you from your iniquities. God sent Jesus to bless you. And at this time, Stephen and Sarah are going to be coming up and releasing a prophetic word about blessed. I want to say this, um, I am blessed, for it says in Ephesians 1.4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, and in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus. And also in Romans 5.8, for God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I want to give a short testimony. Um, This is how God can bless. In 2005, we moved into our house in Medford. And at that time, we were spending a lot of money renovating the house that was built in the 1920s and while living on one income. But for five years, every summer, I noticed that, you know, our electricity bills, it's weird. It's like the hotter the weather gets, our electricity bills gets lower. And to a point, it became zero. (laughs) And then it turns out it was a malfunctioned electricity meter. So we didn't know. (laughs) We were just like, oh. And so I'm, I'm saying that because, you know, God can bless us like beyond our wildest dreams. And it is his nature and his will that he wants to bless us. And you know, and Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and who have not seen yet believe. And so I just want to say that, and we are blessed really not because what we've done, what we said, but really is what, We're blessed because of what he's done and who he is. Amen. So I want to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, follow us all the days of our lives, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Blessing. I want to share about generational blessing and what I've received. Uh, in Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore the Lord your God, he is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations and those who love him and keep his commandments. 
in Genesis 48. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, who are these? They are the sons God has given me. Bring them to me that I may bless them. Um, recently, we had moved and um, I had brought out the, um, through, the, through the act of moving, I had um, found that this is the Bible that my grandparents had given me when I was seven years old. And I didn't uh, realize that, um, that my grandparents, before I was born, they were praying for me. Um, they were, people regarded them as foolish and crazy. People said a, lot, said a lot of bad things about them. But the first time I remember me meeting them was when I was seven years old. And um, they made it a priority to talk to me about Jesus. <laughs> and recently I just realized that the inscription, it gave me a children's Bible. I said, they put my name on it. And it says December 25th. Gener that that um, blessings come through families. And I want to release a word that God has given each of us, especially those who are grandparents, fathers, and mothers. God has given you an authority. You can bless. You have such a supernatural power to bless through generations that through the power of Jesus and his blood that that, gener that is a generational blessing which can go thousands of generations. It's a thousand times more powerful than any curse. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for each of us here, let us be the fathers, mothers, grandfathers, uncles, aunts. Let us walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to bless. Bless. Release your word. Bless and bless and bless through the generations. Amen. As we take this gift and they walk through the door together, we receive that blessing over our lives, our families, and the generations to come. We get to release that blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. I have to tell you, I had to step out on faith on this because I, you never know. I, it's like I have 30 minutes, and so how long do I plan if I have other people sharing? But God is so good and amazing, isn't he? <laughs> uh, gift for guidance. we got to get through these. And this is a gift given through uh, prophecy that was given through Joseph. And... Uh, in Matthew 1, 19 through 21, we see here, uh, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mar you Mary, your wife, for which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will, be sa he will save his people from their sins. Each one of these is an example of how 
God release guidance. He's releasing guidance here for Joseph. He does it again in Matthew 2.13. He says, uh, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take this young child and mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for, Her- for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And then again in Matthew 2.19-22, He appears to him again in a dream to Joseph in Egypt in verse 20 saying, Arise, take this young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose and took the young child and his mother and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being warned by God, In a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Isn't that so amazing? Could you imagine? And that God's releasing that to each one of us in our lives. Every day as we go, if, if we keep our eyes upon him and seek him, he will release his guidance that we need in any situation we're going through. He will guide us. He will release the provision. Um, Mary is going to come up and share your gift here. So when I was in prayer last Wednesday, this is what the Lord gave me. This is in Psalm 37. It says, do not fret because of those who are evil or those who are envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like the green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently on him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And I just felt like that was guidance for us in these days that we're in right now. And I give God praise, honor, and glory because many times when we're doing our prayer group, we struggle with the things that are around us. But God gave me this word. And it gave me something to put my hope and trust in. So God does bring guidance to us in every way. 
So as she walks through the door with that gift, let's receive it into our hearts right now. We just thank you, Lord, for your guidance in our life, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Gift five, joy. This was given to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The word joy here means the cause of, the reason of. And that's where we get that saying, Jesus is the reason for the season, because he's the cause of. And the reason of. Jesus really is the joy released in any season of our lives. No matter what we're going, no matter what valley you're walking through, you as a believer in Christ have the ability, a supernatural ability, to receive his joy in the midst of that circumstance. So no matter what you're going through, he releases that joy to you. Nathan and Lisa are going to come up, and they're going to release a prophetic release on joy. So when we were given the word joy to release over everyone, I started to grab Nathan's concordance and look up every single scripture that has the word joy in it. And what I found in over those 200 scriptures is almost every single one of them talks about the presence of God. In the Old Testament, when it talks about joy, it's either joy from God's presence going before his armies and protecting and delivering, or joy when entering into the temple. In the New Testament, it's the joy of Christ's birth, the joy he sends through his comforter, the joy of our salvation and the joy that we have in eternity. And what I got from that revelation that God is in the center of all the joy in Scripture is that God is the center of our joy in our life. If there's an area in our life that we don't have joy, that we are finding we're struggling with that, do we have Christ in that area? Because he is our joy, and he wants to remind us that he is the joy. He is the beginning and the ending of joy. Joy is something that changes you, changes you from the inside out. There have been few moments in history that have been pivotal. One that uh, came to my mind most recently was um, during the Roman Empire, there was a plague that struck the empire, and there was, it was a time of crisis, and everyone was running from the sick, but the Christians were running to the sick, even sometimes at their own cost of their own lives, but they believed that we were commanded to care for the sick. And it caused Christianity to explode. 
more and more and more people became Christians because they said there's something different. What is it with you guys? It was because they were mimicking Jesus who, because of the joy set before him, endured the cross. That they wanted to mimic Christ and say, I will endure whatever trials, troubles, I will count it all as joy because I know what lies before me. Scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy gives us courage to do things that no one else can do because we know that God is with us and we know our destiny. We know that in the end, to each of us that does what is right in God's eyes, we'll stand before him one day and hear these words, well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy. Amen. So right now, we enter into our master's joy. We receive his joy into our heart. We just thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, good, good. Isn't that so amazing that joy should not be dependent on our circumstances, just like Nathan was sharing there. We should be the ones bringing the joy into a circumstances that is bringing fear and doubt and um, distrust or whatever's going on. We, what does joy do? It breaks off things. You know, when I've, when I've been hit by a spirit of joy and just, I just, there's times I just start laughing uncontrollably. And what does laughter do? It shakes the body. It does. It, it's, sometimes it can be quite violent. And that's one thing that, about joy is it shakes off the chains of the enemy. It destroys that fear and that doubt. And it unmuzzles what you can do in that situation. The Savior's birth, one of the joyous moments in history. And then we can receive these gifts from our true love, the gift of salvation, the gift of favor, the gift of blessing, the gift of guidance, the gift of joy. And to come on Christmas Eve as the continuation of this message, we get to receive redemption, And we get to receive peace. Those will be our two final gifts. And I will share more on that on Christmas Eve. (laughs) But if you're not going to be here at Christmas Eve, guess what? You get to dive into God's word. You get the honor to hear God impart to you personally. And that's the main point I wanted to convey this morning with people coming up here and sharing what God was releasing to them over this word. Because that's what God wants to do with you every single day. He wants to release to you his salvation. He wants to release to you his favor. He wants to release to you his blessing and his guidance and his joy and his redemption and his peace. Every day you should be waking up and the first, you're just right there with Jesus. 
right there with Jesus every day. There shouldn't be like, oh, I got to get up. I got I to gotta get ready to be with Jesus every day. Be with Jesus from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun every day. And in your dreams, he speaks through dreams, doesn't he, as well. Pray to have godly dreams. Pray to have dreams about salvation. Pray to have dreams about redemption and peace and favor and blessing and guidance and joy. He wants to release it to you 24-7. You never have to step out of his glory that he has released over this Christmas season and every day of our lives. When Christ came, he released that to each one of us. So let's have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying at this time and in any other time throughout our life. Let's have our ears open to hear what God is saying. And that's what I want you to do this Christmas season. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the time celebrating Christ's birth. But listen to what he is speaking in this season. Because that's what happened way back then during the Christmas season. People listening to what God was saying about that season of his birth. And that's one thing I really loved about our play this season. God's love for us. He loved us so much to send his son. That he could give these precious gifts to me through his son. What a loving God. What an amazing God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning for this time in your word, Lord. We thank you for the prophetic release through each one of these words, these gifts that you have given, that you, our true love, have given to us this Christmas season and throughout our lives, Lord. We just right now, Lord Jesus, we just pray a special impartation in each one of our lives through these release of the prophetic words this morning, Lord, and through your Son, Jesus Christ. We get to wake up, Lord, every day in your presence. We get to sleep every night in your presence, always with you, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us every second and every moment of our lives, Lord Jesus. In your name, amen, amen. At this time, can we have our ministry team come on up? Um, if you have anything that you're dealing with uh, during this, this season, um, they would love to pray with you. Um, anything you need prayer for healing or... Uh, a family member that hasn't experienced salvation or um, you need guidance. Uh, uh, you need God to release a provision of favor. You need God to redeem a situation. You need God to release peace. Whatever it may be, these individuals are up here this morning to pray over you and release that to you this morning. So I just encourage you to come and receive prayer for that. And I just want to bless you all as you go from here this morning. Remember, keep your ears open. 
God may be speaking to you, not maybe, God will be speaking to you as you walk out from here this morning. In your name, amen. Be blessed. Have a good day.